Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of Merlin's Monsters. This is the behind-the-scenes podcast, so if you're looking for Emma and Dan, you've probably made a wrong turn. But Drew's here. Hello! And so are Derek and Annie. Hey, that's me. <laughs> and if you don't know by now, I am Alexandra Monroe. Um, today we have a special guest. He is our master mixer, editor extraordinaire, and musical maestro, my best friend and more, Dennis S. Mowers. Hey, that's me. <laughs> it's weird being on the other side of this. <laughs> You're going to have to listen to your own voice later. I know, yeah. I'm going to hate it. <laughs> hey, Dennis, what's up? I'm here. That's I don't, know. I don't know how to respond to that. Just how are you? How's things? How's life? I'm good. I would tired. I wouldn't know what your life is like because yeah, I live it's, with you. it's not like like you're my wife or anything. Okay. Aww. I'm actually Dennis's wife. Oh no! Wait, what? <laughs> when did that happen? So, so today's episode, um, since we have uh, the four writers and our editor in the room, we are going to be talking about our process and what it was like to create the show. Um, and it has origins from 2020. Uh, so we are going back a few years and kind of talking about like how it came to be and everything. Um, so to start, we, because it was, I, I would say like pretty well, like it was well into COVID. It was August of 2020. So Yeesh. all of us had been living uh, I mean, Dennis and I were living in Brooklyn. Um, Annie was in Jersey. Derek was on Long Island. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Drew was up in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we were all scattered everywhere and we couldn't see each other. Like, I don't think we'd seen each other, I think, until like, like 21. Like, like right 21. now. Like, we haven't <laughs> seen each other in years. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it was a very long time, but it was uh, so a lot of our meetings, our early meetings were on Zoom and um, it, it took a long time for everything to come together because we were pretty much just forming the story. And I had come to, uh, I, I kind of asked everybody like, a, you know, assembling a team sort of thing and said like, hey, who wants to write for this idea that I have um, making an audio drama? And I just really want this to be a thing. Um, and Derek and Annie were the first writers to join. And then Drew joined us later on. Um, and then we just kind of like met every week, I think on Wednesdays, um, Mm -hmm. over zoom. And we just kind of like talked about the story and like what we wanted to explore. Um, we would always get ahead of ourselves and talk about like, oh man, like when this is a thing, we can have all this cool merch and all this stuff and, you know, get too far, but then we'd have to be like, all right, well, we don't have a show yet. So, uh, (laughs) 
Um, then eventually we started doing outlines. So we were outlining episodes um, and season one was very short. It was six episodes, but I think like in those six episodes, we created this very start to finish in a way uh, story that was really fun and really cool. Um, so after we started outlining, we started writing the drafts. We did, I think, like three or four drafts for season one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Three. Something no. like that. No, it was You're like right. four You're or right. five, yeah. I think. Because we have workshops. Yeah. So changing. yeah. So after we did the drafts, we started workshopping and we just kind of called in our actor friends and most of them ended up joining the cast. Um, <laughs> so we kind of, it, it was like really cool and um, they all liked it. They all thought it was really awesome. Uh, we got feedback from people and um, then we rewrote again. And then eventually we just, we put out an audition notice. Um, we casted the show and then we started recording and recording took from February to December of 2022 so we were still recording for a very long time um yeah and like that was okay because you know i think um we wanted the show to be like near perfect i think and i think it is um also none of us had ever done anything like this before so we had a lot of growing (laughs) pains to go through but i think we're pretty good yeah 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 i think we did a really good job with with everything um and then, and then the show released in November of 22, and uh, it's been well-received. <laughs> so, so thank you all for listening. I know I say it, we say it every single time, um, but it truly means the world that you've supported us um, from just starting this show over Zoom calls to now we're heading into the second season, and I think that that's just, like, amazing. Um, so weird to think about. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, how much we've done. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first question I'm going to ask uh, might be is for all of you. What was the most exciting part about this process for everybody? I think when we first were developing um, like the cryptids and such, um, and I think developing the characters, um, but also working with the actors, it's really hard mm-hmm. to pinpoint because I think once we had the actors in studio, it really became like, holy cow, we're doing a thing and people are acting on our words that we've had and uh, all that fun stuff. Like, I know a lot of us also came from, like, um, playwriting backgrounds. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys know, but Alex (laughs) writes musicals. She's pretty cool. Um, Got a whole diploma that says it and everything. (laughs) And also, I came from playwriting. Um, Derek came from playwriting, I believe. And Mm -hmm. then Drew came from screen. Or no. just prose, right? Came no, from not D&D. even. Like, I came from D and D writing. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> but, um, so I guess like seeing like it in person, like in that format with voice actors and stuff, that was like crazy. Mm-hmm. I think that was the best process for me. Well, I think that like in my experience, it's it's hard to really pinpoint it. I, I always say that it's really fun to hear uh, actors hear your words that you wrote in their mouth and like. They figure out how to like where to take it and everything. But I know I know distinctly uh, there was one point that I actually was brought to tears. And that is when the credits rolled on the first episode. After I finished listening, I was just like, oh, my God, we did it. We did a thing because it's like like that's for me what made it like so real, because like there are so many things where like even in like 
because we've been in plays and like musicals and stuff like that, you never get to see or watch or listen to when you're a stage actor, your finished product because it's always acting it out. But like at the end, when everything's recorded and everything's put together, music, literally everything, it's like, oh my God, this is a thing that's out there in the world that people can listen to now. And that's incredible. So I'd say that that's probably it. I think for me, um, truthfully, the whole process has been kind of a blur. Um, I mean, I wasn't really there for the recording process just because of how the schedules worked out. And um, I don't remember exact details on a lot of the, like, writing of it other than the fact that, like, it was hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I do remember when Alex first approached us. It was like, I'm thinking of, I have a story and I'm thinking of putting it together and I'd really like you guys to be a part of it if um, if you'd like. And at first I remember thinking, like, well, thank God because I can't just not, like, go to work and then be living in a pandemic and then go back home um, anymore. Like, I need something to do. We had all graduated over a year after or before all this and I know I was going a little stir crazy being like well what are, what are we doing what am I doing um, with my $30,000 theater degree you know um, so initially just I was grateful for the opportunity to do anything um, and then seeing it organically turn into something tangible and something that I think is like it's a it's a real endeavor um, with people that I love and care about. Um, and like, I remember like we, we hit a thousand streams and being like, that's crazy. That's nuts. That uh, we have that many friends. That's cool as hell. Um, <laughs> and now we're at like 43,000 all time, which is just insane to think about at the time of this recording. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it doesn't feel like, I mean, it feels real, but it, it, it feels like, you know, um, I'm, I'm glad that we can do it. I'm glad to know that we're, it's possible um, and that we've been able to create the opportunity for ourselves. And uh, I think that's the main takeaway for me for this. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think for me it's because I, because I went through production and post-production and all this, and I, I did read, like, the scripts as they as they were coming out and everything i think it was the coolest part for me was was seeing this thing grow from like reading words on a page and like you know hearing it in a certain voice to now you've attached actors to this and so it's like you know from reading like there are very little things that scare me to hear being in the booth and hearing dan on my headphones record that to mixing that down putting sound effects on it and everything it's like and it's out there it's it's crazy like watching that evolution happen i i think you know listening to everybody what everybody's saying um it's just it's so cool because i i agree with all of it you know um coming from like a theater background and always wanting to just act um but i've always like written on the side um, and we're all kind, we're all like interested in, in the same things, like whether it's like folk tales and storytelling and horror and thriller and sci-fi. Um, so I, I did pick a good crew to, to do this. And I think that was the most exciting part was getting to write with all of you and um, see your work come to life because it just meant like 
it 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 filled my heart with so much joy um to 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 be in the booth with the actors and hear them say lines that like because i i remember i remember reading episode two and i think i talked about this in the first merlin's monsters um where peter takes like puts the ointment in his hair and he says if you're such a good detective jack how did you never guess it was me and I was like, I can't wait to hear this, like, acted out. <laughs> and the delivery on it was just, like, immaculate. And then in episode six, when um, the flashback scene occurred with Dan and uh, Jack, rather, <laughs> when, when Dan read that out loud and um, we kind of, like, experimented with how it was reading, um, Drew and I were both, like, I think. We both cried. Yeah, we yeah, both we cried. Yeah, we were both like, oh, my God. <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, it is it is hard to pick like one exciting part of the process, but I think watching everyone's work come to life and, you know, like kind of like to bounce off what what Drew was saying about because theater is so present, like in the present moment, you know, you're like experiencing it right then and there and you may not experience it the same way ever again unless you get a recording of the show, of course, but I think that's why I, I like theater, but that's also why I kind of like moved away from it. Um, and then, like, to hear what Derek was saying about, oh, like, what are we graduated college? Like, what do we do now? And to be post grad in a world that is completely shut down was like so difficult. It, it took a toll on all of us. Because, mm-hmm. like, it, exactly. It's like, and then you see like other people being successful, and you're like, damn. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but but at the same time, it, it was it was like eerily comforting. But, like, not comforting at all to know that everybody was kind of in the same boat. And um, I did want to create this opportunity for my friends who had just moved to New York City or were, like, New York City adjacent. Um, And a lot of our friends are voice actors, like, in our close friend group. So it's Drew, Annie, and Lucas. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, if I could create something that they could all be a part of, I want that's that's what I want to do. And here we are. <laughs> um, so yeah, that I don't know. It was it was fun. And then you know, Dennis is a composer and he's really talented. And I may be biased, but um, but it's true. Like he he does incredible work, and he's very thoughtful about the work that he puts in. Um, biased with merit, I think, is a good way to say it. <laughs> I yeah. I think that like every time I hear a compliment from somebody about the show, especially recently, like the past week or two. Um, a lot of people have come up to me while I was back home and like, I'm, I love the podcast, but their number one compliment is that the production design and like the sound is just so it's professional level and Every it's so, time. so good and inventive and creative. And that's true. It's an incredibly like it's professional grade because Dennis is the real deal. And I'm glad Correct. that I get to actually tell you, you that in a room uh, to your face now. Yeah. So that's, that's cool. Instead, <laughs> instead of you just instead of me to hearing read. it afterwards. Yeah, yeah. no, exactly. Yeah. Like a, a disembodied voice being like, you're great. Where the, the voice is inside Dennis's head at all times. Uh, that's why his hair just, is gray. It's just like your mind is, I, I always say this. I'm always like, Dennis has such like a, like your mind goes in directions that I just don't even think of when it comes to certain things like, huh, I never thought that the sound would sound like that. Or like, I would never think that that music would kind of carry over the way that it did. And then you just capture what we've written so wonderfully on that. So Mm -hmm. thank you. What was, um, what was your process like for when you approached like all the audio files and how would you start 
um, tackling the episodes, I guess. Well, so it started out kind of strangely because when this, when like the recording process started, we were still, we were both still in grad school. Mm-hmm. Um, and Murphy episode one was my capstone. Um, and at first, like the professors didn't know that it was just episode one because I said, oh yeah, we're going to be doing a full season and I'm going to like do part of it as my capstone. And there was this misunderstanding where they're like, oh, you're only doing one episode? And I was like, oh my God, do they not think it's going to be enough work? And so I ended up being like, I'm going to have to like really sell this because they think I'm going to be doing six times the amount of work, but it's literally not possible because we don't have the stuff recorded for them. Um, So that's when I was like, let me do live music. Let me do like really, really, really like crazy sound design for stuff. So that way it'll at least, I don't know, be more of a finished product. And it ended up kind of carrying over into the rest of the episodes. Um, but no, I, I very much do this in order because I think it just it just works out easier that way. If I have to go back and edit it, like I just start like scene one at zero seconds, start putting together a scene, then go flesh that out with sound design, move on to the next scene. Or I even do music as I'm going to. Um so you were you were basically like, well, I'm putting so much effort into this one episode, I gotta make them all sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is also it's why episode one took a lot longer to make mm-hmm. um, than any of the others. Partly because, you know, getting used to it, never done it before. Oh yeah, all that kind of stuff, especially when it comes to like finding musicians and mixing the live music and everything. But also, you know, February to May. I need to like finish this thing and present different parts of it in class and Mm -hmm. get approval on stuff. And then I could move on. Yeah. Wow. Do you know if your professor listens to the show or not? He does. Um, Hey. I I don't know. I haven't talked to him about it recently. Um, His name's Pat Irwin. He's great. That's right. Um, Friend of the show, (laughs) by the way. Yeah. uh, He was very, very supportive throughout the the entire process of episode one. and we saw him shortly after um, I graduated, and he was like, oh, my God, I'm so excited for episode two. I hear it's about werewolves. And, um, yeah, he's been very, very nice about it. So. Pat is the most wholesome person I've met. We've been to he, – he's a musician, so he'll do, like, shows um, in, in the city and everything. So we've been to uh, – he came and did something. He was doing something at, like, a library. Um, and then we saw him later, and he was just like – the coolest person. Yeah, he's the ever. nicest guy. Yeah. So thank you, Pat, for being so supportive. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, you thought the the first question was hard. This might be even harder. Or it might be easy. I don't know. I don't know how your work brain brains work. Um poorly. <laughs> what was the most difficult part of the process for everyone? I can answer that immediately. It was the writing of the episodes. Um <laughs> like the outlining process was really helpful. And I think that, I mean, if I can speak on the process for this season as well, we had a much easier time outlining the episodes this season than the first one, specifically because we had a roadmap of, like, where we were starting from and where we were leading to. And we were kind of just building it from the ground up this first time. So that part, while it was also the most creatively, like, liberating, I think, for me, um, leading into the actual writing of the episodes felt very difficult 
and I know that I struggled a lot with writing um, my episode for for a while. I remember like texting you all the time with like, I don't know if I can do it. I just I this feels I I'm stuck. I don't know what I'm doing. And uh, you you were just very helpful the entire time. And um, having that grounding um, reassurance that like we were all doing this together and that it was it was going to be okay and it will get done it really helped get me out of the, the block i think but dude it felt like like i have never had a kidney stone but i can imagine it is like the same level of discomfort as writing a script sometimes um it's just, it it wouldn't come out and like i i had to like you say they're both pretty. I can't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Guys. It was. It wouldn't come out. That's. Oh my god. The, the kidney stone analogy is very solid. Yeah. Well, so is the kidney stone. <laughs> That's why it won't come out. Holy Jesus. Yeah, I'd say they're both pretty hard. Yep. But um, <laughs> very good. But go home. Yep. You're done. Um, but just like I don't know. It it's tough, but it's also like. It's like stretching a muscle. Um, there were parts during the writing for this season that felt a lot easier because of how season one went. Um, and there are still the same challenges for sure. Um, but I do. I also feel more confident now in my writing than I did at the at the start of the process as well. So um, definitely the most challenging part, but also the most rewarding. So for um, kind of. Uh, the writing, um, I think for season one, definitely it's like that was a hurdle to come over is going from one form of writing to the next. I think writing in audio drama format is something that I know we had to redo episode two a lot, especially the fight scene. I remember I was getting so frustrated. I was like, oh my God, but like I can't, I can't convey this correctly. But um, that's just kind of the process as I learned over time. And Again, going into this season, it was a little bit more like, all right, I got this. But also for me, so um, I'm also co-produced with Alex. Um, so um, I do a lot of back-end stuff. Um, and I also try to um, assist with recordings, things like that, you know, all that fun jazz. Um, so I think the one thing is just when you are an artist and you cannot support your art solely on your art, just like working full time and then also devoting your time to your passion projects. I think that proved to be the most difficult um, just in terms of like scheduling, getting everyone in person, collaborating. Um, I think that's something that speaks out to the cast as well. And everyone here is that we do give so much of our time to um, Murphy, but it can be a challenge sometimes when you're scheduling um, and trying to um, get everything together and put a, you know, a piece out there. Um, I think that's something um, that's been a lot of conversations lately about artists and how, you know, everyone works nine to fives and like just struggling to survive. Like these two had grad school while working, while working on this project. So, so yeah, um, definitely for me to summarize, it would be going from playwriting prose to audio drama format. <laughs> and then also I think just, you know, being a human being um, while also creating the art you want to create, you know? So, uh, so yeah.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, for me personally, it was knowing when it's finished, um, because like when it's when the script is good enough, uh, because I I kept, you know, I how I wrote for season one is I wrote a bunch of stuff. And oh God, I was thinking about like the first uh, uh, the first run through of episode six uh, the other day. And I was just like, oh, God, that is so bad. But um but like then it gets to a point of like okay i'm happy with this what can i do to make it better okay i've made it better what can i do to make it even more better and even more better and even more better and then in of course like the amount of stuff i do to i like fix or like you know quote unquote fix or like change uh that stuff gets more and more like smaller more and more like uh you know fine detailed um so it's just like for me it it was knowing when to be like okay this is good I, I don't need to keep doing this. <laughs> like, if not for, like... And, you know, I would, but if not for, like... Okay, this, this needs to be fully done by this time. It's like, okay, but I can make it even better. It's like, no, it's good enough. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's probably mine, is just knowing when something is good. Um, I, think, I think for me it was getting all of the moving parts to get where they're going at, at the exact right time. Because working with live music was great and it helped, I think, the score a lot. But at the same time, trying to find the musicians and reaching out to them, making sure they get the recordings back on time. And, oh, actually, I don't think we got this um, at this actor's recording this line. So now there's a, there's like empty space that I need here. Oh, also, wait, did I ever reach out to this person about getting the rights to this song or like any anything like that and getting it all to happen at the exact same time so that we could get closer to release and not just have this project sitting here with about five seconds of audio missing that I needed to fill. Um, that was probably the the hardest part. Yeah. I mean, yeah, listening listening to all that too, just like I also agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that like we did have... Because, yeah, like Annie said, it is hard to exist uh, nowadays, you, but, you know, but like as artists, I'm, I'm learning as an artist that you don't need to struggle mm -hmm. in order to do art. Like, it's still going to be really, really hard to find the time and like be dedicated to it. And some days you're really, really tired. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, for me, at least, like writing is like my escape and just putting putting my time uh, and effort into something uh, like Murphy because I'm always thinking about this show and I'm always just oh what, what it'd be cool to do this and mm. blah 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 um, and I think this will, will help the story and help the characters but you know writing writing is hard uh, it's hard work and if it wasn't I think that you know a lot more people would do it and just kind of it's like an equation listen I'm terrible at math. Okay, I hate math, but but writing is kind of like my way of like putting formulas together and oh, and like I finally understand plot 
and character development and all that stuff. And it is, it is always a learning process. You're going to keep learning um, as you go. And w- also what like Drew said about um, knowing when it's good enough. I think that when I left college, and I don't know if any of you have experienced this, but, you know, or like even grad school, people like your professors, they can guide you and only give you so much help. But then after that, you're on your own. You have to like decide for yourself, like when it's good enough. And that's so hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think as for me, the most difficult part was um, keeping it going um, and finding the not motivation per se but um kind of like finding like what is driving me to tell this story and why am I doing it and kind of keeping because like you know I'm the the fearless leader as I've been called but at the same time I'm like I have to be the one to get everybody to keep like being inspired and um and that's hard It, it is hard to be in like the EP executive producer uh, position yep. and like it's fun and I, I love being here I love being able to like encourage everybody but I, I do find it difficult and I think a lot of it was just this anxiety of what if nobody really cares what if nobody wants to do this what if I'm crazy you know what if it never works out and I think that like um kind of like Jack finally facing his fears at the end of the season mm. you know you just have to like dive in and you have to see it maybe you'll sink maybe you'll float but you never know that's it (laughs) I feel like that's for any like that's like such a good way of putting it is like with art is like the drive of keeping it going why am I telling sorry I think that's why so many times I don't know if you guys could attest to this or also you um I'm pointing at Dennis and also um Derek you'll never know um (laughs) but (laughs) but um I think that's another thing is um there's stories that I want to tell and I just tell them and the reasoning is there in the writing, but then just having your brain wrap around like, why do I want to do this? And sometimes it could be a hindrance and sometimes it could be helpful. Um, just kind of maybe killing your darlings a little bit and also just like shunning away your insecurities and just throwing yourself full into the fire is sometimes how you have to go. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's like such a great thing. Oh, that yeah. You were saying. Totally, totally. And I think um, another thing about like going from visual to audio is very real and because it's different. But it's also, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm working, I, I've been working on a pilot for about two years, <laughs> almost two, actually, no, a year and a half. And I, I'm still trying, like, even with that, like, okay, what is, what am I trying to, what am I doing with this work? Um, why is it important? But I also think that like writing, for writing's sake or like art for art's sake is like that's it's a form of expression and for me it always has been um and I think that's that's important too you know but I think I think with Murphy what I was trying to do was like it was a face your fears type of thing um that's very very much evident in uh in everything so Mm -hmm. yeah and also you two especially Alex and Annie you you both were doing a lot on top of making sure that the whole process was as smooth as possible, but you were also show running and producing and writing and directing everything and scheduling and all this stuff. So, I mean, you were juggling a lot at the same time. And I think that that, you know, the fact that you were able to um, do that, I'm sure with a few hiccups, but like 
you were able to get it all done together. And I mean, I hope we were also as supportive as we could be for you for that and for this season. But um, you, you were, you are the captain of the ship, but you are also in a way the ship itself, you know, cause you, you are holding it up for, for all of us. And um, that I'm sure can't be easy all the time either. No, no. Just imagine myself as a ship. Like cars? No, ships. No, but, but uh, it... yeah, like... Oh, man. There's cars, <laughs> then there's planes. Now we just need boats. Sorry, continue. Continue. Um, but I, I do like that analogy of the of being the captain, and but also being the ship. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard to, to balance all that. Mm-hmm. Totally. But thank you for, for acknowledging that. Yeah, that I mean, you... you it, well, it's your baby, first of all. So, <laughs> but I think that, you know... We wouldn't be able to do this without you in any sense, besides the fact that this whole thing was your idea. Um, and I, I really appreciate everything that you've done to, to help us help you with this as well. Thank you. <laughs> I think something else that we also um, forget, because I know, Derek, you just brought up like how, how much uh, Alex and Annie do. heavily involved. Yeah. Um, but something that we often forget is just how tough scheduling is for this show because um as you're listening you might think oh yeah these people are all voice actors and they're all writers but you know what else we all are we all work jobs people Um, we all yeah we're people with lives and um one of the biggest problems is that everyone's working jobs that don't line up with each other in terms of days and hours and so it'll be, oh, what's everyone's availability? Let's try to make this work. Okay, so it looks like we can record like one person at 9 p.m. Yeah. on a Thursday. That's like, that's it. Because no one lines up. Mm-hmm. If I can interject for a second, because a lot of my job <laughs> is like, I kind of handle a lot of the coordinating when it comes to the studio. Um so depending on where our actors are, what their preference is, because we want to make sure we're as accommodating as possible as well for our actors, um, make sure we give them a great experience. Um, but in that comes complications of um, not making them have a good experience. <laughs> I mean, in scheduling, um, much of what Dennis was saying, there were times like because some of our friends are also actors, they work night jobs. So it's just kind of like, all right. We can't have you in on this recording day at this time because you work that, but we could just, yeah, get you in at 9 p.m. And just the willingness the willingness of people um, even able to do that is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But it really is just like, um, I feel like Alex and Dennis can attest to this. Like our brains, like during recording season, I call it busy season, um, our brains are running 24-7 on Murphy. Like, it's literally like we have so many dates in our head. We have so many people we want to talk to in our head. We have so many things that we have to remember, maybe script changes, who knows, whatever. And just making sure we keep all of that together while also keeping ourselves together. It's it's fun. It is fun. I actually love my job. Sincerely, love my job. But it also is just, you know, you really have to be great at problem solving, I think. For these kinds of things so yeah oh for sure and yeah and of, of course it's not everybody like the fact that everyone works a different job that's not their fault it's no just, you know we're doing they're doing what they can to survive mm-hmm. and surviving nowadays is just it's it's tough mm-hmm. so 
thank you to our cast for, yes. you know, <laughs> um, braving through it and really being, like, flexible with us and us being flexible with you. And, like, you know, we really do take into account um, what can work and what doesn't. And it, we understand it's difficult, but you've all been very, very hardworking mm-hmm. and we cannot thank you. Like, it's so appreciated. Um yeah. What what Annie just said about um, our our brains never like you know never being turned off. Essentially, you often will hear that that um, that art itself, no matter if you already have a job as a full time job, it is not. It is an all the time job yeah. because the difference is your full time job. You go home, <laughs> and hopefully you know there's an except there's exceptions, but hopefully you don't keep thinking about that job. You know, you go home and you're not you're not thinking about like what you're going to do for work the next day because you wait until you get there and you do your job with this. You'll be in the shower and stuff will just come to you. You'll be at your job and stuff will come to you. You'll be sleeping and things will come to you. Mm -hmm. It never stops. And it might not even stop when the project's done. Mm -hmm. Like it's something you're you're just always thinking about. Yeah. You'll be Drew going for his run and texting me. I was literally going to say, Alex, remember my my <laughs> trademarked run th- mm-hmm. run ideas? Oh, of course I do. <laughs> yeah, there's on my phone in the voice memos app, there's there's just so many things that say like song idea number six. And it's just me quietly singing into my phone with the sound of a forklift operating in the background. <laughs> And, like, half of those have become themes on Murphy. Forklift included. Exactly. (laughs) Hysterical. No, my favorite thing is, like, sometimes, during busy season especially, I'll text Alice and be like, I'm telling you this now so I don't forget. And I'll be like, I'm sending it now. You don't have to tell me anything. (laughs) It just, like, goes off. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know, know, something else that um, has been my favorite process of season two so far is... Every single one of you have messaged me at one point or another just, like, about your scripts and double-checking and mm-hmm. being like, oh, I have I have a vision about this, and does this work with the story, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about this. And it was just so, like... And then I was like, "Wait, I have to sign off on this." <laughs> and then, but but it would be so so much fun to like have these discussions with everybody. And I think that was um, something I think we we carried over because we didn't really like Derek said we were building from the ground up, mm-hmm. you know. So we didn't really know the characters, but now we have so much of like better understanding about all of them. We have a freaking and lore document. We do have a lore <laughs> Hell document. Yeah. <laughs> That Alex put together herself, and <laughs> well, it is amazing. Well, you know the Silmarillion? You. It's like that, but interesting. The, the, the Murphillion. The amount of the Murphillion. The amount of sticky notes that I have mm-hmm. literally littered all over that thing and tabs is insane. TBH. It looks like a manifesto, truly. <laughs> Well, I mean, everybody here did give me, like, you know, background on characters that obviously I didn't create. And so it it was all of us, but I did assemble it. Yeah. Like, there are a lot of moments, especially, like, with revelations in season one that uh, have really great, like, you know, mysterious, intense music behind it. Um, Like, for example, when in episode four, when... uh, uh, when they're all sitting around the table and the, the Dulahan comes up in the story, there's a part where like all like the background noise stops and it goes into this very like deep, like spooky music. So 
how do you figure out like what a theme sounds like or like what part is more uh, uh, heavier than others? Like what what where does that come from? I mean, well, part of it's like what I what I said before about like just having like all these voice memos and stuff and come and coming up with theme ideas. And sometimes um, there there's like there's different parts of a theme that can just come out in different moments. Um, and I think the Dulahan was an interesting one because there's like this there's like this moving theme that the episode starts with um, in three. It's like da 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 kind of thing. Um, but then you also have this like deep menacing kind of just under everything else. And there's moments where that appears with other music, but I think having it appear by itself there, especially with like taking all the the background sound out, um, really lends itself to like this is not just a monster like a monster per se. It's like it is death itself. Mm. Yeah. Cool. I don't really know if that answered, but yeah, yeah, yeah it does. Um, and like at the you know juxtaposition at the end of that scene, I remember you texted me and you said, "Hey, the end of this scene that that's Elliot's theme," and I was just like, oh, "Elliot has a theme." <laughs> um. So, yeah, like uh uh, I mean that answered my question. <laughs> There's a lot of insane stuff you do like during the season in a good way. Um. I love what you've done with um, episode five, especially out of the both of the episodes I've written and also episode four, all of them, it's all of them. But for you, what would you say was the one that you had the most fun kind of like um, creating music for? Well, the, the whole process is so broad mm-hmm. that I might have to say, I mean, I might have to, t- have to say episode six because it like so much of everything comes together and I've been thinking, I at, at the time, I had been thinking about what I wanted to do um, for Jack's flashback scene for, like, months. Like, ever ever since I started writing stuff for the show, I'm like, let's get closer to this moment. Let's do it. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, because not only in terms of, like, writing and character development and plot and all that kind of stuff, but I feel like because everything comes together you can do that musically too um and like serve the story that way but uh episode episode six was i think finales are always fun love the wilhelm scream in that episode that's my favorite part that made me that made me <laughs> listened, so happy i forgot it was in there and i was listening to the episode again and i laughed out loud on the train and i think i got a look from somebody it's new york who's gonna new york look, baby like, no one's gonna look that's at you. right that's right <laughs> it's that that was one of those moments that i'm like why not? Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. because like, I'm not going to do a lot of stuff like that in the show that, that's just for the sake of being fun and cool. But there's so much already happening in that scene that I was like, I can put this in here. Lord of the Rings put this in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, are you are you saying that 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 Peter Jackson and Tolkien are better than the Wilhelm Helm screen? No, nobody's <laughs> above the Wilhelm. Exactly. Screen. Yeah, Anything. and it's like it was kind of funny because it's this gray area of copyright where it is a copyrighted sound effect, but because it has circulated so much in movies and no one can really figure out how to attribute it to someone, um, that. It's be- it kind of belongs to the internet now. Yeah. yeah. So you can just use it as long as you use the one that's like 
the one that circulates. Right. Thanks, Internet. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> On a more general question for Dennis, um, I just I'm really interested to know, like, what your inspiration was for like the musical landscape of the show like what influenced your composing of the music while you were composing it um so i actually have a spotify playlist oh um, hell yeah that i that i have of just various pieces of music that that inspired the show's music and uh it's all sorts of different stuff but i've said that like I think the four biggest um, inspirations were Murray Gold's work on Doctor Who, mm-hmm. um, Mark Grisky's music on Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2. Excellent. Uh, Howard Shore's work on Lord of the Rings and David Arnold's work on Sherlock. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, the first, the first piece of anything that I that I wrote for this was the Murphy, like the main theme, um, and then shortly after, because that that's the again going back to like grad school. There's so there's like capstone one on one semester, and then there's capstone two, and capstone one was really frustrating, I think, for for everyone because I was like, hey, recording's not starting until February, you know, next semester. So um, here's what I have. And it's like just the Murphy theme <laughs> and just Jack's theme. And I was like, I, I can't show you anything else. And Pat was like, okay, I'm going to trust you on this. And it kind of kind of worked out. You also did music supervision. Uh, I did. For some, there are some songs in the show that are not original music. So um, anytime they're in a cafe or a bar or something, um, what was what was that like to reach out to those artists and ask them like, Hey, I'm doing this thing. Can I, can I use your song, um, for this scene? Um, and and talk about like some of the artists that you worked with. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what was interesting about this is that I didn't have to do like the negotiating sort of part because, uh, we did not have to, thankfully, because we are a very small independent show, uh, like pay out, people for like the use of their music um because most of the people that that i asked were people that like we all like know uh various people who we went to purchase with um other 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 friends of ours um and uh the only one that aside from like the public domain music that i think i used in like episodes um four and five uh which was mostly just like you know to stay like Irish and stuff that I really have no business doing. Um, <laughs> was that was episode three having uh, like the club music. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I would like this to be authentic, but um, this should come to no surprise. I don't know anyone who uh, writes Romanian club music. <laughs> so, Oh, I do. <laughs> So um, I ended up just like going, it was like several hours through Spotify and just looking up something that would work and just, you know, playing like 10 seconds of a song being like, nope, on to the next one. And eventually I found um, In Kulori by Alex Kravitz. Uh, so I was just like, oh man, this would really work for this. Unfortunately, I don't know him. I wonder how to contact him. And I looked him up and I, I, he just has like a Facebook page and I just messaged him. I'm like, hey, 
here's this project. Uh, could I use it? And he's like, yeah, sure. And he just sent me back like the contract sign and everything. I'm like, it was that easy? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't, I, I was like, like money? And he's like, no, it's fine. I'm like, okay. Wow. <laughs> and just got it. And I'm like, okay, this, this works perfectly for this because it's actually authentic. Um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Absolute king. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. But yeah. I, music supervision is a, is an, it is not an easy thing to do. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Especially when it's like, you know, when it comes to the creative team and then you have sort of the production team and then you have sound. I'm just saying sound because it's just you. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it's also hard in that regard where it's like, you are the captain of that ship, driving that ship, you are the ship. It's it's a lot of putting things together. <laughs> well, that's, that's also the funny thing is that like the most minor moment in a script can lead to hours of research. Like it'll be like rock music playing and I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> Gotta find a song. <laughs> Gotta find a song to use. Or it'll be like, uh, this was honestly kind of a funny one, but when, when Jack like wakes up hungover and there's a toilet flushing. Oh shit. No, it's, it's, it's totally fine. Cause it was, um, I, I was like, wait a second. They're in Europe. How do toilets flush in Europe? It was a rabbit hole. Wow. <laughs> it was a rabbit hole because, wow. like, I I knew that like you know toilets are kind of just different everywhere and everything's different everywhere. And I spent hours trying to find out. I'm, it's like two thirty in the morning, and, I, and, I, and I'm and I'm sitting here watching a video from 2009 that somebody posted of a toilet flushing in Scotland. <laughs> This just really proves you can find anything on the internet. You can find anything. If any of our Romanian listeners have an issue with how the toilet sounded in episode three, please contact us. Or like, like, um, the most the most complicated sound design in the entire season. I'm pointing at Annie. I feel like I know which what you're talking about. It was the the train station in episode two. Oh, yeah, because each train station is different across. Because the- <laughs> I think the sound cue said something like like train announcements, like the sound of a train yeah. coming in. And I went, they're in New York. <laughs> and I'm like, this has to be at least somewhat accurate. So I, I've, I looked up how to like, oh, how do the how does the train work over there? And how many platforms are there at this station? Is it like indoor? And I found out that it's like partially enclosed. Um and then it came down to like, what do the announcements sound like? Can I just use the announcements? No, they are copyrighted. Okay, so, um, and I ended up finding the most random thing you could ever find on the internet, which is some guy for some, I don't remember if it was a programming project in in grad school or something, but someone made this like generator for UK train announcements and recorded his oh. own voice on it and made it a public domain thing. And Absolutely. so you would like, King. you would like look at this thing and say, there is a fill in the blank cross country line train to at whatever at this time. And That's incredible. I just recorded that and put it over and I'm like, this was a rabbit hole for like a two line sound cue. <laughs> now I need to. Uh... And now that tab is saved forever on your desktop, I'm sure. Now going Something back like and writing. 
<laughs> now going back and writing. <laughs> now I need to be careful with my sound cues. You can no, you, you don't. Yeah, you don't have to be careful when it comes to stuff like that. That's okay. just that's just me trying to be accurate. No, and that's um, important. And it's, yeah, yeah. I, I would yeah. argue that accuracy is pretty important, considering that like none of us are from the UK. Uh, you know, it, it, Dennis and I only just got back. We went to England for our honeymoon, and we were in York, and. Honestly, it was it was the, the coolest thing ever. We just like we were, we were kind of like walking around and being like, oh, maybe Jack could live here. And like, this is the cafe where they met Cirilla and like all this stuff. Like we were like, but then we, we saw it and we were like, oh, wow, like this is, you know, because you can look at pictures online, but experiencing it and being in the place is like completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we, yeah, we I think the research was like super important for this season. For sure. Did you did you take out your phone and like sample some of the sound effects that yeah like you know could I I I almost brought my um my recorder, but I was like you know if at any like if at any point we need more stuff for that, it should match the season itself, Mm -hmm. and I'm like. I can just use like the same kind of ambient sound effects that I've already been using. Um, you know, season season two, as we have, as we've hinted towards, right? It's America. Yeah. And so I do plan on getting a little bit more accurate, like going out and recording stuff. Because um, why not? We're here. Why not? Might as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That actually is a good segue because I do want to briefly talk about season two. Obviously not like super, super deep story details, but we can talk about, um, because we did mention it briefly, the process is completely different. Um, Because we all kind of, I came prepared. I had a a whole PowerPoint on the outline of season two. It's a great PowerPoint. If you saw our TikTok. Way back when of Alex dancing, that's what it was for. I uh, I decided to make an entrance for this meeting, and I was shameless in it, and it was <laughs> the most chaotic thing I've ever done. But I would gladly do it again. She's so crazy. <laughs> I'm just so unpredictable. My girl's so silly. I'm such a loose cannon. Um, <laughs> oh my! She's God. such I'm, a wild card. I'm tendering You're my such resignation. A goose. <laughs> I'm so, so sorry. It's okay. So, so, but I basically was like, here's like the general um, thing, and like this is what we're following, uh, and then I had everybody like pitch their episodes, which was really fun, um, and then we from there we like I approved them, and then we started outlining, and the outlining process because Annie and I were trying to figure out like, okay, like maybe we're gonna need like two days for this and everything and whatever, and then we ended up getting all of them done in one session and it was just so because we we know what we're doing now yeah (laughs) i hate to say it like that but it is true like we we kind of we now have um derek called it a roadmap it's exactly what we have and we were just going off that and then everybody started drafting and um so we are in the middle we we have third drafts due at, at time of recording um so we're moving right along and uh it's so exciting and um, reading everyone's stuff. You guys are not ready. <laughs> Just gonna say that. I'm so excited. It's a very exciting season. Yeah, we oh. go thrilled, truly. We, and we're in the states, and um, you know, we start from like over on the west coast, and we make our way east. And I won't tell you why, but mm. um, that is for later. <laughs> Secret. It's crazy when <laughs> show up. <laughs> Sorry. 
I man, I can't say. wait to cut that. <laughs> I, I know. I know. I was like, I was like, this is gonna get cut, but I have to. My say favorite it. episode like, is when Drew got fired from the writing team. <laughs> Breaching the NDA. Hey, that's this episode. <laughs> Drew crossed his fingers when he signed the NDA. So I'm that's sorry. No longer I, I, had, I had to say it. I really it's did. Right. I, I know it's gonna get cut. I was just like, I have to say Order. it. Um, but yeah, so so all the stuff that uh, it's. And, you know, we, we re- just reached out to the cast to, to, like, bring them back because they've been on hiatus this entire time. Um, so I know they're all super excited to get back, at least I hope. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and then we, we start recording um, very shortly, and that's going to be a lot. And you'll you'll totally know. If you follow us on Instagram and everything, you'll know when we start recording. Cause We're going to be really annoying about it. We are going to be really annoying about it. But it's just it's just so exciting. And I'm, I'm, I think that, like, for season two... Because of how, I don't want to say like, I don't want to say season one wasn't refined, but season two is definitely a little more refined. And, um, you know, it's just, it's it's going to be scarier. It's going to be funnier. It's going to be oh, just so many things. And I can't, I want to talk about it so badly. <laughs> and if we are annoying about it, just think about this. If you're not annoying about the stuff that you make, do you really have confidence in it? Hey. So let us be annoying. But if you'd like you. us to stop, you can always just send us money. <laughs> that's yeah. That's yeah, yeah. That's true. Um, we need money. <laughs> I wanted to um, ask you, in a way, how would you? I'm gonna ask you this. Um, how would you? What What is something you can say um, to describe season two without giving too much away? Like I guess like an adjective or maybe like a phrase. Um, obviously we know, but just, I guess, in anticipation. I'm gonna, ooh, I'm gonna think about this for a second. Go for it. Um, I'm gonna say bigger. I think it's gonna be bigger than season one. Um, yeah. I can also say this, even though it's not, a dis- like, describing the season, but it is more Murphy-focused as well, um, where season one was Jack focused and now we learn more about like her upbringing and her time in parliament and things like that. Um, and we meet some new characters and stuff. Um, and it's just, yeah, but I think, I think it is bigger because of how much ground we cover, but also in the sense that there are eight episodes instead of six. Um, and I think that we have bigger fish to fry, uh, in season two, so it's just there's a lot of big stuff happening and god we cannot wait Mm -hmm. so that's Mm -hmm. all we'll say for now but yeah the the process for season two has been um you know much more uh streamlined um Mm -hmm. and i think that the the best part is because we're all excited about it and we're all like okay now we know what we're doing here's all my ideas and um the places we go and the the creatures that we see are just so like if you grew up in, I mean, if I, I feel like some of them are pretty popular, but like even mm-hmm. if you grew up in the states, you would be like, oh yeah, of course I know about that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I would just like to, uh, I just want to shout out Liz Lister. Yes. Because um, I mentioned doing live music, but uh, <clears throat> Liz, if you're listening to this, please raise your rates because the amount of work that you do, uh, the amount of work that she does is insane. Uh, if you have not heard of her, look her up because I found her from this video where some guy was like, I'm going to pay 
uh, random musicians on Fiverr to play meme songs. And she did like an entire orchestral arrangement of Megalomania from Undertale for Ooh. like $40. What? And I'm like, I wonder if I can find her on Fiverr. And that's how I ended up working with her. And uh, yeah, all the strings you hear, the reason it sounds good is because of Liz. So mm-hmm. She's incredible, honestly. Yeah. Anytime you send me the string stuff, I'm like, oh, chills. Yeah, I've, no, I've like... <laughs> I've like written stuff that I'm like, ooh, I think this is gonna sound really cool, and I'm never prepared for it. I'm never prepared to like get the recordings back and be like, because this is like this is it's not the first time I've ever used live musicians, but oh, just yeah. Cool. Um, does anybody else have any closing thoughts? Check us out on Redbubble. <laughs> we have merch. Yeah, we do have merch. Um, so you can find us on Redbubble. Um, all the store we have stickers we have tote bags we have t-shirts we have like we have the ghostly muse logo which is that adorable little ghost with the headphones if you haven't seen it it, i love it um and we also have i think this is my favorite thing um the stickers with all the quotes from the main three um those are i think the favorite my favorite thing on there because i just think they're hilarious um but yeah, check us out there. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram. We have a Facebook page as well, um, at Merlin's Monsters. Same title as this podcast. Um, and yeah, stay tuned for updates because we got we got stuff coming. Um, all exciting stuff. And, uh, you know, thank you for listening. And thank you for understanding that we are a skeleton crew. <laughs> Um, skeleton crew. Yeah, but we're 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 doing the best, and we are doing better than our best. I think um, this season. Yes. So yeah, one more thing to plug is pretty soon. Keep an eye on the TikToks. <laughs> yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> oh yeah, we are on TikTok. <laughs> it's all the same ads, but just keep your eyes out. Mm-hmm. Iceland is in the North Atlantic. Its capital city is Reykjavik. Great. That's 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 definitely a closing thought. <laughs> Anyways, anyway, well, anyway, goodbye. Anyway, goodbye everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening. We'll see you very soon. Bye. 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 Bye.